Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Really glad that you're here. And I want to welcome all those who are joining us uh, online. Uh, I hope that uh, this new year, 2022, it still re- seems really weird to say that, uh, that your their new year, 2022, is starting off in, uh, in almost all the ways, if not all the ways, that you hoped it would. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you made at least one New Year's resolution and you're still going strong a weekend? I mean, you're, you're still there. How many of you are you're, you're in? You still made it? All right, good, good. You know, I, I made one. And uh, the resolution that I made, you will never find on those resolutions, you know, most popular list that they always put out. You will never find it there. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that uh, my resolution would not only be my resolution, that I would become our entire church's resolution because of what this would mean for you and for your family and just for us as a community. In fact, my resolution is actually the reason why we are doing this series, and I'm going to tell you more about the reason why in just a minute. But before I tell you why, I'm going to ask Forrest to come up here, and uh, I'm going to have Forrest get on the treadmill. And I know some of you are thinking, should this be Forrest's resolution? No, but I'm going to have Forrest get on the treadmill here. And as Forrest gets on the treadmill... Uh, the way that many of us live our lives is here's what we do. We just add more and we go faster. And so I have Forrest up here to illustrate what this looks like uh, in our lives. And so Forrest, I'm going to, you know, get you going here a little bit. Hopefully this works. Okay. Don't kill me. Okay. Nice pace here. Is that working for you? Slow down here a little bit. Okay. Slow down. Okay. So all of us go through the same seasons in our life. And so uh, our season starts out by we got to get an education. We got to go to school. And so we go to school and uh, we got to get a degree. And whether that be a high school degree or a, a college degree, and uh, we get that degree. And then once we graduate, we got to get a job, right? And so Forrest, you got a job that's going to require some traveling. And so uh, we got you some some travel gear to take, take with you. And, uh, and so what's great is, and, and we all know this, when we get into the workplace, what happens? Life just kind of picks up a little bit when we get, we get into the workplace, you know? And so li- life just kind of picks up the pace a bit. Well, you know, we, we, we get our job and we get working and what happens to, to most of us, at least that we hope it does, is that we meet that special someone. And so you meet that special someone and uh, Forrest, we got a bl- blonde haired one for you because Tracy's blonde, at least she was yeah, blonde. Yeah, her hair is darker now. She dark, dyed her hair recently, uh, darkened her hair recently, I mean. And so we meet that special someone, and, uh, and then we, we get a place of our own, and uh, we know that if we want to keep her, we got to keep the place clean, right? And so um, got to make sure that, that the place is clean. And so you get married, and uh, you know, you're in this relationship, and then you start having the conversations about having kids, but you're not really ready to have kids yet. And so we do what, what, what most couples do, what they do is they take what they call the half step towards kids. And what, what is the half step? You get a, a dog. That's right. You get a dog. Okay. And uh, you get a dog. 
here and you know when you get a dog there's responsibility to a dog i mean you got to train the dog or go to go to training school and you got to pick up after the yard and all that stuff because they they make a mess and so you know clean up after them and you know what life picks up a little bit when you get a dog doesn't it it does it, it picks up and so you get your dog and then you realize that you didn't break the dog okay and then you go like okay if i didn't break the dog then maybe i i can have what a family and so what do you do you have a baby. Oh boy. And so you have a baby and you can't believe it. Now your parents and you just love the sleepless nights so much. You go, you know what? I want to have more kids. What? And so you don't just have two, you have three, including the Green Lantern is one of your kids. That's where he came from. And so you know when you have kids, man, that life really begins to pick up. I mean, it's picking up its pace. And so you have kids, you're having a family, and then your kids get older. And then what, you know, as parents, what do you, what do, you do? You got to put your kids in every single activity possible because, you know, that, that's what parents do. And so you put your kids in sports. Sports. But, but you have three kids. Okay. So you got to put kids in sports there. And you know, I mean, once the sports are going, you got three different ball leagues you're taking them to and all that stuff. Life really begins to pick up at, at, at that time. And so you, you got your kids in sports, but as a dad, you're like, I want to coach one of them, you know? And so, you know, you got you to gotta coach one of your kids. Oh, I guess you weren't a very good coach. No. And so, um, so you coach your kids and then, you know, here's what happens. You know, you're all, your kids get older, you get older. And so what do we do as our kids age and we, we age? We keep adding on more and to keep up with it, we just got to go faster and faster and faster. Now, let me ask you this question. Oh, you just lost one kid. Oh, boy. <laughs> one kid down. Sorry, it was the middle child. It was the middle child. The middle child's always the abuser. That's right. That's great. So let me ask you this question. Does this look like Forrest is having any fun? No, it's not. All right, let's give Forrest a round of applause here. Let's shut off the treadmill. Nice job. Nice job. Take your life with you. All right. Now, the reality is, this is a picture of what our lives look like. And as a result, we're exhausted, we're stressed out, we feel like life is getting away from us. You know, we're doing more than we ever have before, but we feel like we have less time to do the things that truly matter most to us. Let me ask you a question. Is there a better way than life on the treadmill? Well, today we're beginning a brand new series called How to Love Your Life, because it's really hard to love your life when this is your life. And so what we're gonna do over the next few weeks is we're gonna learn a better way than this. And this better way is found with two words. And these two words are, have formed the basis of my resolution for the year. And I'm hoping that you're gonna take some of these and it's gonna form some of your New Year's resolution as you carve out this year. And these two words, when you hear them, at least initially speaking, you aren't gonna like them very much. Here are the two words, slow down. Now, let me do just a little mass confessional with everybody. A couple months ago, uh, I just noticed that I was feeling uh, really impatient and agitated, even angry. I, was, I felt just emotionally and mentally just exhausted all the time. And so what I'll often do when I feel things like that is I'll just review my, my routine. And so here's what my routine looked like during that time. I would get up really early and I would drink a bunch of caffeine because I knew I had a busy day going on. And so I drink this caffeine, uh, 
just uh, spend time with the kids and family. And then I go, go do my routine. And I'm like, you know, uh, meeting and task and meeting and task and meeting and task. And then I get through about the middle part of the day and I'm like, I'm tired. So I need another boost of caffeine, you know? So I drink some more caffeine and it's meetings and tasks and meeting and tasks and meeting and tasks. And then I, I get done with work and, and I drive home. And when I get home and I pull in the garage, here's what I'm thinking. I just want to escape and crash. And I realized that I had very little emotionally for those emotionally for those that mattered the most. And then I would get up the next day and I would just kind of repeat the same cycle and I'd do it again and again. I realized I was living life on the treadmill and I kept adding more and going faster, adding more and, and going faster. And I realized that something just wasn't right. And you know what? Something wasn't right. And so as we go through the series, I'm speaking as much to myself as I am to you. Because as, as we kind of go through this series, uh, I, I just feel like I'm just speaking to you out of a level of struggle for me. But I've learned that Jesus really does have a better way. And that when we experience that better way, we will truly love our lives. Now, today what I want to do is I want to begin by introducing you to the problem. And so if I get done with my message today and you're, and you're thinking, okay, you know, I've got all sorts of questions, Mark, and uh, even there's a little tension that you feel, well, then I've done my job. Some of you are thinking, Mark, would you just hurry up and get to the answer well, listen, it is not that easy. There are some problems that run so deep that it requires much more than a 30-minute talk to get at the full solution to the problem. And so let me ask you a question. Why is it that when I said slow down, there was tension? Maybe even for some of you, you felt resistance internally. Now you were like, Mark, come on, slow down. Listen, you know, that's not possible. That's not even realistic. The reason there was tension is because we've convinced ourselves that slow is bad. It's like, slow down, I'm, come on, you know, I got places to go, I got things to accomplish. Slow has become a bad word in our culture. I want you to think about this. You know, think about the last time that you were at a, at a movie and this movie was really, really boring. And someone says, how was the movie? What do we say? The movie was slow. You know, you're, you're at a restaurant and the service was really bad. And we say, don't go to that restaurant because the service was slow. You know, you're, you're driving behind someone who is going the speed limit and you get irritated and you pray, Jesus, don't just take the wheel. I want you to take the accelerator as well. And you get irritated because you think they are driving too slow. Here's actually the, the definition of slow from the Merriam-Webster dictionary, straight from the horse's mouth. Here it is. Slow is mentally dull, having qualities that hinder rapid progress or action. Well, that sounds real positive, doesn't it? Naturally inert or sluggish, lacking in life, boring. Well, man, I want to be slow, you know? I mean, just look at that definition right there. You see, the message from culture is very clear. Slow is bad, fast is good. You know, this is good. This is why everybody defaults to it. And slow is bad. If you follow Jesus, and, and maybe some of you, you're here and you don't follow Jesus, and listen, if you don't, we're, just, we're really glad that you're here. I think you're gonna get a lot out of this series. But if you follow Jesus, the goal isn't to just follow the teachings of Jesus. The goal is to shape our entire life around the life of Jesus, which means it's more than just knowing and doing what Jesus taught. It's living in our life in the way that Jesus lived his life. And he lived a certain way. 
And when we live this way, we are actually living the life that he created us to live. And when we live this way, we will actually love our life. Now, here's what we're going to discover about the way that Jesus lived his life. He lived the way, the way that Jesus lived was slow and productive, which kind of sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? It's like large, small crowds, but Jesus was slow and productive. Now we hear slow and we think, well, maybe Jesus just didn't have a whole lot to do. Listen, Jesus was the most, uh, he, Jesus accomplished more in his three years than all of us will accomplish in our entire life. You see, Jesus accomplished a lot, but he was never in a hurry. You never read in the Bible where it says Jesus ran. There was actually, you never read in the Bible where there's a time where Jesus was one of his disciples. He said, hey, Peter, hey, let's get going, buddy. Can you get that camel going or I'm just gonna kind of blow right by you, you know? Jesus even walked on water. See, Jesus lived just this slow, steady pace, yet he accomplished more than anyone in history. It's, it's like, I look at that and go, he lived the exact opposite as I do. I mean, I always feel like I'm in a hurry. Can, can you kind of relate to that? I mean, everything's just like, go, 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 go. You may not know this. I even wear running shoes all week because I think it'll help me get places faster. What's interesting is that there is all sorts of, of research that's coming out on the pace of our life. Uh, so much so that cardiologists and psychologists have coined this new phrase. It's called hurry sickness. And there's actually one group of, of cardiologists uh, that have just released this groundbreaking research and it's tied type A personalities to heart disease. But what they're finding out in some of this research is it goes way past our heart into all these different areas of our life. In fact, here is one definition of, of hurry sickness. Hurry sickness is this, a pattern, a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. A, a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. That the anxiety in our life is actually one of the ways that we know that our life is out of control. That's actually one of the ways that we know, that it's one of the ways that we know that something is not right about our life. Now you might hear this hurry sickness and go, well, how do I know that I don't have hurry sickness? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm actually gonna give you a, a test that doctors give people. And uh, I, I'm gonna give you six statements and as I give you these statements, here's what I want you to do. I want you to answer yes or no. And then I want you at the end to add up the number of yeses that you have. All right, you ready for this? Okay, here we go. Statement number one, you treat everything like a race. Let me kind of help you with this one. This is the, you're in the grocery store and you're always looking to see what the shortest line is. And some of you are going like, why wouldn't you do that, right? You know, this is where you're driving on the highway and you're bouncing from lane to lane, constantly looking for the fastest lane. This is like, you know, everything is a race for you. Here's the second one. You find it impossible to do just one task at a time. I mean, you are constantly multitasking with things. You know, some of you, you're listening to this and you're texting someone at the same time or you're checking your fantasy football team at the same time. You know, some of you, you multitask and you forget one of the tasks that you're doing. Here's a third statement. You get highly irritable when experiencing delay. This is 
any delay. Now, due to time, I actually have to hurry through these, these next three, all right? So I'm gonna just kind of put them up there. And so here's the next three. You feel perpetually behind schedule. You interrupt or talk over people. You're obsessed with checking things off your to-do list. Now, let me ask you, full transparency, how many of you just said yes to just one of the six? How many, just one, just one of the six? Okay, you should be teaching the series. How many of you said yes to three? How many of you more than three? Okay, honestly, when I first took this test, I said yes to all six of those statements. Now, I, I would bet that most of us here, we struggle with hurry sickness to some degree, but we've kind of normalized it. And so we, we normalize it. We say things like, well, I'm, I'm just so busy. I just have a lot going on. But let me tell you why. Hurry sickness is so dangerous to our lives beyond just the health-related issues. Jesus said that the two greatest commandments, and he gave us these two greatest commandments because he always wanted us to keep in front of us what the most important things in our life are. He said the two greatest commandments are these, love God and love people. Love God and love people. Now, fortunately, or he said, love God, love people. So love, if you're a Jesus follower, should be the defining characteristics of our life. Now, fortunately, the apostle Paul came along and he wrote an entire chapter defining for us what love is. And here's what he wrote. Love is, what do you think the first thing he said is? Love is patient. Which means this is very challenging for us because this means that love and hurry are incompatible with each other. And so if you struggle with hurry sickness, like most of us do, do you know who's impacted by this besides you? The people that we love the most. You see, we can't love deeply because we're in a hurry all the time. You know, I, I, I struggle with this. I, there's so many times, there's so many stories I have where uh, I've been out with my kids and we're doing something fun and we're, we're kind of laughing and goofing around. And then I, I, I check my watch or I check my phone. I'm like, oh, okay, we're done. Uh, I got somewhere else to be. And I just kind of kind of herd them into the car, kind of like herding cats. You see, I can't be fully present because I'm always thinking about what's next. See, the challenge for, I would bet every single one of us is that we are living our lives in such a way that it's causing us to withhold love from people, love from the people that we love most, and we're not doing it intentionally, but what often happens is it's like, okay, I gotta add more, and I go faster, I add more, I go faster, and the cycle goes and goes and goes. We don't have the time that deep love requires. Dallas Willard, one of my uh, favorite authors on spiritual growth, he, he wrote this. He wrote, hurry is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life. Now, we, we read that and we're like, come on, really? I mean, isn't the greatest enemy evil or Satan or, you know, Tom Brady? Because if you're a Packer fan, you know, you got to play Tom Brady again this year. Nope. The number one enemy is hurry. And let me tell you why that is. Satan, our spiritual enemy, his primary goal is to disconnect us from God. 
Because he knows if he disconnects us from God, then we will never step into his promises. We won't live with his presence and power in our lives. I think most of us, when we think, we think of Satan, we think of this dude running around with a pitchfork and red tights. And, and if he was going to do something in our lives, I mean, it would be so obvious that we would know exactly that it was him. But Satan is much more subtle and sneaky than that. You see, what if his plan to disconnect us was to draw our attention to so many different things so that we just continue to add more and going faster? And you know, if that was his strategy, that's a great strategy because our attention is one of the most important commodities we have. And so what if he continues to show up in our life through a bunch of phone notifications that constantly distract us? Or what if he shows up through an addiction to social media in our lives, not just an addiction to some sort of substance in our lives? And so what he does, he keeps showing it up and we just keep looking away more. We go away a little bit more. We go away a little bit more. You see, listen, if Satan can't make us sin, the better strategy is to make us busy. Because once we get busy, we get distracted. And once we get distracted, we become disconnected from God and the people around us and we settle for a, a mediocre version of a life following Jesus or we fall away altogether. So we're in a hurry. What do we do? I think for most of us, we'd say, well, I just need more time. You ever say that? You ever say, man, if I just had only two or three more hours in a day, that would be so, that'd be so helpful. All my problems would be solved. Do you know why that that is a horrible solution. You see, if we added another two or three hours in the day, you know what most of us would do? We would just add more to it and we would get on the treadmill and we would be on the treadmill for two or three hours longer each day. You know, here's the thing. Just look at, just look at the, look at your phone where it gives you your screen time at the end of the week. Do you know what studies show the, the, the day that has the highest screen time for people? You know what day it is? Their day off. You see, we get time and we just fill that time with something else. So what's the solution? Well, Paul, once again, he actually gives us some clues to what the solution is. And here, here's what Paul said. He said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so Paul says, hey, when culture shifts, and it shifts all the time, and when culture shifts, that shift is never going to motivate us and move us towards God. It always is going to move us away from God. Paul says, I want you to be wise. I want you to recognize the shift. Instead of shifting with culture, I want you to take a look at your life. And he says, I want you to take a look at and figure out how to make the most of your time. And that phrase, make the most, literally means redeem the time. What if there was a way, what if there's a way that we could redeem our time so that we could love our lives? What if there's a better way? There is. And that better way is found in the life of Jesus. I want to read to you some words that Jesus said on this very topic. And these words that I'm going to read of Jesus, these are the words that are going to just drive our entire series. And I'm hoping these words, some of you, th this will become a screensaver for you. Uh, for some, I hope you memorize these words. See, here's what Jesus said to a group of people who were living their own version of, of the treadmill. Here, here's what Jesus said. He said, come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened because you're living on this. And he says, listen to this, I will give you rest. And we, we hear that and we go, is that even possible? And he says, take my yoke, and we're gonna come back to this idea of yoke in a minute. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so Jesus says this rest is for anyone who takes on his yoke. So here's a picture of, of a yoke back then. This was, you take two oxen and you bring them together. And uh, when, when you bring them together, they can accomplish so much more together because they ease the burden of one another when they're together. So when they plowed a field, the plowing was easier and lighter because they would do it together. And so Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take my yoke upon you. I want you to take my yoke because you will experience rest as you live your life. Now, here's what Jesus is not saying. He's not saying don't work hard. He's not saying don't be productive, be lazy. In fact, the yoke was actually a tool that was used for work. And so Jesus expects us to be productive. He expects us to work hard. He has something for all of us. But what he is saying, he's saying, hey, I don't want you to follow the example of everyone else because the example of everyone else is just going to lead you to the treadmill again. And I don't want you to think you have to carry the weight on yourself because it's too heavy. There's a better way. I want you to take my yoke. Do it with me. And when you do, I will make things lighter, easier, and better for you. And even during those times in our life when things are really challenging and they're difficult and they're hard, Jesus says, you will experience both rest and fulfillment during those times. I'm going to read to you those same words of Jesus, but I'm going to read them to you from a different version of the Bible. It's called the message version of the Bible. And the message version of, a Bible, of the Bible is just a paraphrase of the Bible. Here, here's what the message version says. The same words of Jesus it says this, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And this is exactly what we're gonna learn as we journey over this over the next couple of weeks. You know, one of the reasons why this, this topic is so in, important to me is just because of, of my story. Some of you know this, but a, a little over three years ago, uh, with the encouragement of our board, I stepped away and I took a two-month sabbatical because of burnout. And uh, I, was, I was not only em emotionally and spiritually depleted, but that was actually affecting me physically. I was having physical issues be because of that. And things got so bad for me that I didn't want to be around any people and, and I didn't even want to be around God during, during that time. And so during these two months, and I know for some of you, like, man, it'd be great to have two months to do that. Listen, the first 40 days for me were absolutely horrible for me. I had one counselor tell me, he said, this was actually your version of detox because I was addicted to productivity. And, and as I went through that journey, that, especially that first 40 days, I discovered that I was trying to follow Jesus, but I was trying to do it on this all at the same time. And here's the thing, eventually this catches up with you. 
You see, because this always leads to disconnection and depletion. Well, I had to reach a point during that process where I had to make a decision. And I finally had to, to, I had to look at this and I had to say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to settle for this. And so over the next uh, couple of weeks and months, I began to just learn about the life of Jesus and the rhythms of Jesus. And I began to put those uh, practices and rhythms into practice in my own life. And I tell you, it's been life-changing for me. But as we've gone through this last season, and this last season has been unique for, for all of us, I started to fall into some old habits. And I had to re-decide a couple of weeks ago and do the same thing. I said, hey, listen, I acknowledge that I'm on here. I'm done with this. I don't want to settle for this. And you know what? I don't want you to settle for this either. You see, Jesus has a better way. And when we experience his way, we will experience rest. We will love deeply and we will be the most productive that we've ever been all at the same time. And you know what? We will truly love our lives. So as we kick off the series, here, here's what I want to ask you to do. Each day this, this upcoming week, I want to ask you to take some personal inventory of your life. We're actually going to put those six hurry sickness statements on all our social channels. And uh, as, you just, as you go through this week, I just want you to ask yourself, how often is this happening in my life? And I think if you're really honest with yourself, you will see that it's probably happening more than you realize. It's just become so normal for you that you don't even realize it anymore. But I want you to ask, how often is this happening? And the reason why I want you to do this is because we can't defeat what we first don't define. And so I, I'm really looking forward to going through the series with, with everybody. I can't think of a better series to kick off the new year than talking about this very thing. And so here's what I'm going to do to close. I am actually going to read those words of Jesus again from the message version. And here's what I want you to do for me. I just want you to close your eyes and bow your head. I just want you to listen to these words and just be quiet, be still, and just let these words hopefully just penetrate your heart. Jesus says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Father, um, as we begin this series, if we're honest with each other and we looked at Forrest on the treadmill and just all the stuff that was going on, we laughed about it, it is, but the reality is, it's the picture of what our lives really look like. It's like we just keep dumping more on and to keep up with all that, we just feel like we gotta go faster and faster and it's busier and busier and busier and busier. But when we really just kind of hit the pause button, we just realize that, we're just missing out on just loving deeply and doing the things that truly matter in life because we don't have the time to do so. So Father, as we go through this series, I pray that we would just be truly honest with where we are with this. And then as we learn about just your practices and your rhythms, that we would be open, open to really changing some things about our life. 
Father, when we think about the idea of slow and productive, I mean, God, even as I say that, I still just kind of go, how can that possibly be? But that's the way you lived. And that's the way you modeled for us to live, Jesus. And you know what? The way that you lived was the way that we were meant to live. And so, Father, may we have the courage to step into that and truly live slow and productive and be people that love the way that you've called us to love. So God, thank you that we can explore and go on this and wrestle through this together. And I pray that there would be some decisions that are made that would change trajectories of not just individual lives, but family lives because of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.